Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's up? I'm Ben in the company of some incredible folk. Yeah, pun fully intended. Here with Katie Yasmin and Samson of Raptors Republic. You already know the vibes. Scotty Barnes, what's up? And the NBA is certainly a Republic of Raptors, which is low-key the theme of today's episode. But, you know, before we get into it, don't forget to smash that like button and make sure you're subscribed to the best Raptors content on YouTube. So what do I mean by the NBA being a Republic of Raptors? Well, a lot of former Raptors changed teams this offseason, and they're currently all killing it, whether it be Kyle and DeMar, the greatest NBA bromance of all time, having the heat in the bulls at the top of the East, and our friendly, no longer neighborhood Lithuanian, Jonas Valanciunas, having arguably the best season of his career. So the question is, if you could choose one former Raptor that's currently playing to play on this team right now, who would you choose and why? Samson, since it's your first time this season, uh, you know, I'll let you lead things off. Okay, so there are some obvious choices here, and I think Kawhi is probably the most obvious one, but I actually won't do that. I'll leave that open for everybody <laughs> else. I'll go by need, and the Raptors, I, I understand they're going everybody of a similar size. Scotty Barnes, 6'9", OG, 6'9", uh, 6'7", to 6'9", Pascal, extendo wingspans, the whole thing, totally, but... 20 to 26 minutes a game of Jonas Valanciunas would be a nice salve for the front court woes. And for that reason, I would choose him, as you mentioned at the top, you know, having one of the best years of his career, even though John Morant is ascendant in Memphis, uh, Jonas was a huge part of those winning teams. And I think he could bring a lot, not only offensively, but defensively to the Raptors. So I would go with him. And also because he came to the game when he wasn't part of the team, he was supporting the team in the playoffs. He's down for it. So he's a cool dude. Uh, who does cool things and big dudes are awesome, you know, shout out to the big guys. So yeah, Jonas. Um, I think I'm going to say Norman Powell because um, I think uh, the the Raptors offense has been looking kind of sticky and I feel like we need somebody who's going to shoot like at the 23rd second on the shot clock. So um, it would be nice to have someone who's just, you know, um, he's not gun shy um you know less dribbling and uh, you know Gary Trent Jr. has been awesome so far and he brings that defense that we haven't seen with um Norm apparently but but he is the defensive anchor for the Portland Trailblazers let's not get it twisted but um it would be nice to have him um it might reduce um this few minutes but like I feel mean for saying that because I like Swee. so um I guess Norman Powell is the most like appealing former Raptor that I can um, think of on the, in the, in the current NBA. See, I want a protector, especially when you think about how many long limbs are flying out there, how many limbs are getting tangled up either with each other or uh, like on the other end of the floor. Um, I want PJ Tucker back, man. I mean, one, this has never changed for me, literally ever. I think PJ Tucker would slot in nicely uh, on any Raptors team since he's left, you know, but uh, 
this season, I would love it. Never going to happen, but I would love it. I wake up every morning and choose violence. And because of that, uh, I would choose Serge Ibaka because I feel like he is most likely to go one-on-one with one of the Morris twins. But, you know, that's just, that's just me. That's just me. A bunch of hits. Yeah, we need that edge or... No, oh, one thing I'm I missed about with Serge. The heart, Samson. <laughs> I was one just thing about I missed to say about that. Serge is how he would just start fights when we were down ridiculous. Like yes. that's that's <laughs> something I'll miss because right now um we just take the punches. But uh when we were down, he would be like, May, may as well start something. <laughs> may as well with punch Robin Lopez in the head, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or strangle <laughs> Marquis Chris. He gets down bad for a fight. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like Samson, what you were saying, I'm like, I love how we all went the hipster route. And I was like, oh, Kyle, Damar, Kawhi, easy. It's like, nah, nah, that's too, that's, that's too easy of an answer. Look, I really wanted to say Amir Johnson, but I held off, so. That's right. Uh, Amit just told me, he's like, yo, it's active players. But I'm like, okay, well, te- te- technically Kawhi is active. I mean, he's not playing, but he's, you know. It works out. He lives, it works. You know? It works. <laughs> so to stay on trend with the whole uh, former Raptors theme, uh, we got games against the Sixers and the Pistons this week. And we're going to be going up against two other familiar faces and Danny Green and my boy Dwayne Casey. Pound that rock. Um, with that said, what would your guys' uh, best moments be for Danny Green and uh, good old coach Dwayne? Uh, Katie, you want to start off? I mean, sure. I guess with Casey, I think of just this um, continuity. I mean, which to me, not to jump ahead, but kind of goes hand in hand with some of Casey's downsides, uh, this like continuity and consistency. Um, you know, he'd been there. He was there for so many of these really, really difficult losses in the playoffs year after year. I think when you think of, well, when I think of that Raptors team and kind of the grit and toughness that they kept coming back with a lot of that, I attribute to Dwayne Casey's leadership uh, in those instances, you know, like a no quit team pound the rock, as you said, (laughs) Danny, (laughs) I mean, Danny, just for like, pure shooting. But again, I think there are some moments when uh, that is what was like the gift and the curse of Danny Green. But I think Danny really showed to me what, and like in his career thus far, Danny's gone on to really just adjust his style of play as needed to best fit the team that he's on post San Antonio, definitely. And I think that's just like the mark of such a successful, you know, archetypal role players, I would call somebody like Danny Green now. Um, and I think he got that start. Like he really got that started with Toronto. It was the first time he could kind of come out of his shell. I mean, he came with Kawhi, but in a lot of ga- ways, his game came out from under Kawhi and out from under that sometimes clamp down Spurs system. So I think actually getting to just see the range of Danny Green. Um, and I guess, you know, learning that he loved uh, reptiles was interesting. It made me think twice about snakes. So yeah, Danny. <laughs> Yeah, his show was awesome. Um, uh, I will. I, my favorite Danny moment would probably be, um, I think it was Game Three of the Finals, where he and Kyle were just like hitting every three pointer, and there was this one particular one where he was like falling forward and it went in, and I just remember just being in awe of that. But like, 
I think the worst moment would be in the same series where he threw the ball away and it's like that notorious clip that could have changed the outcome of the uh, entire series. But that's the thing with Danny, like you, he, he, he um, is almost consistently a positive on the court, but um, you know, he can get overwhelmed sometimes, but um, he's, he's also a former Raptor I wouldn't mind having on this team. Like, I feel like they could use that kind of veteran um, guidance and all the uh, teammates would always mention how much he would talk. Like he was just always just this wealth of information and he was always willing to share it. Uh, with the younger stars on the team and they all seem better for it. So um, why not have him back? But uh, as for Dwayne Casey, um, you brought up some really good points about the continuity. Um, just having like, I don't know if I can credit it to him, but it happened under him, but those awesome bench units and the, um, the trajectory of growth that we've come to become accustomed to. Um, I, I have to say he probably has a hand in that culture of growth and development for the Raptors and is probably stuck around as well because of him. So, um, yeah, we, players like Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam, um, I think that he can, can claim a little bit of the um, uh, growth that they've displayed the last couple of years. Yeah, with Dwayne, I think the first thing I would address is like it's it doesn't really count as Raptors, but with Seku Dumbaya in Detroit, he complained that he wasn't going on dates, like he's not getting any girls. I thought that's like a hilarious thing for a coach to say, obviously. <laughs> but then there's like a, the Drake answer, right? Where every time Drake was on the broadcast, he'd wax poetic about how Dwayne Casey always looked so clean and he just brought that, you know, that presence to the sideline. I enjoyed that a lot, seeing him suit up. There's a ton of great pictures of him in suits that people use as memes, et cetera. It's fantastic. <laughs> and then Danny Green, actually, the it's the inverse of what Yasmin said, where he threw the ball away. It's a turnover. And I was like, you guys know that meme? It's like, oh, he's on the couch. He's watching TV. And he's like, he's just like me. When Danny Green was at the parade, they arrived there. He got on the mic and apologized. And we have this idea, right, that athletes, they forget every bad thing they've done and they celebrate their victories, but he held on to it for like ever and then got up there and said, sorry. I was like, that's me. I would hold on to the one bad thing I did. Not all the great stuff, like that's me. I'm a champion, but I'm so sorry I almost lost it. So I identify with that with Danny for sure. Danny feels like the quintessential teammate because one of the moments I remember was when, remember when the GoDaddy curse was a thing mm -hmm. and um, everyone was just tearing CJ Miles a new one because like he was like, yo, we don't care about your PJs. Get that, get that garbage out of here. And then Danny makes a post on Instagram of him wearing those PJs. He's like, yo, leave my guy alone, man. And it's just like, oh, that's just, that's just so nice. You know, <laughs> it's like, no one, I, I feel like with that GoDaddy thing, uh, it was kind of like, all right, who, 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 who not named Kyler Demar will, uh, will, will take this on and you're like, okay, I'll take it. And then, yeah, unfortunately, th thankfully it, uh, that whole thing ended, but um. now it's the Mary Brown's, uh, curse. Oh my <laughs> Until God. <laughs> turns <it> around. <laughs> Anytime I see that poutine on broadcast, I'm like, ugh, ugh, ugh. <laughs> like, ugh. not, not, a, not a fan. I once, um, I used to work at lululemon in yorkdale and danny green was randomly doing a photo up there so i was like okay i'll go i'll go by it was a lot it was a long freaking line i remember he looks so tired by the end of it like he's just like over his life but i was like hey he's like he's like i know you from somewhere and i'm like oh, yeah he's like i'm like yeah i'm the t-shirt it was like oh yeah you throw t-shirts so i'm like oh, oh, oh danny green recognized i was like that was such a wholesome that was that was that was a, that was a personal dub for me 
Um, yeah, but I guess moving on, moving on to Casey, I mentioned it earlier, you know, pound the rock to get better. Uh, I can't, can't imagine how many, I can't, if I had a dollar for every time I saw that little commercial segment on like Raptors TV or NBA TV, oh my gosh, I'd have enough, I'd have enough to buy like a Scotty Barnes jersey or something, but. A Mary Brown's poutine. Or a Mary (laughs) Brown, or or like a, or like a lifetime supply of Mary Brown's poutine. Yeah. So we all know Dwayne Casey's infamous giant rock that the players would pound before and after practice because, you know, pound the rock to get better. And then we have Nick Nurse, who has this nice little elephant. You know, whenever whenever you have a problem, you you address the elephant in the room. So out of these two mantras or slogans, which 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 one do you guys which one do you guys vibe with vibe with more? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty great that like I don't know if you guys, the rest of you have ever interacted with or had somebody who and I don't mean to use like therapy terms but like toxic somebody who's really toxic and like a very contentious but the fact that Nick Nurse who talks about you know the players in the media the way that he does and like everyone's like oh yeah like he's very he admonishes them and the fact that he's probably the dude every time somebody was in there he grabs the elephant it's not for other people like it's for him he he (laughs) bought it and he's like hey guys it's here anytime somebody needs and then, like, he looks back at the camera, like Michael Jackson thriller, and then, bam, he puts <laughs> on the table, you know? Or um, it's probably, like, the players grab the elephant and then complain about him to him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's probably um, how it goes. And then he's like, I, I hear you, okay? We'll address this. I like The Rock, I think, a little bit better because it's uh, much more awkward to think about him bringing it into the space. Like, and how did he pick it? right? Where did it come from? How did he choose it? I really am hyping myself up to write about that rock now. Um, but something about the physicality of it. I like that a lot better. I'd like to imagine it was like Stonehenge. You know how they like rock it back and forth. They have the mm-hmm. ropes tied around the top end. There's like this huge <laughs> slew of people on both ends and you recruited the players since they're big and strong. And maybe, you know, maybe somebody who throws t-shirts as well is hanging around the arena. They're like, come on, we need your help with this. And they rock it back into place. And it's this <laughs> visceral chunk of rock carved out of a mountain. And they're like, now it's here, you know, pretty good. And where's the rock now? That's what I want to know. Did they just toss it in the lake? <laughs> maybe he hauled it with him to Detroit when he got the ax. I read, Detroit I read somewhere. Rock City. Yeah, right, true. <laughs> I read somewhere, I'm not sure how accurate this is, but he found that rock, like so they got it like somewhere up north, maybe in like Wasaga or something, and then like they brought it down. I don't I, I don't know. I think I saw that in like an episode of Open Gym, but uh, JV did go to Wasaga a lot, so maybe he brought it back. Yeah, <laughs> he did. Yeah, is this he like did. SpongeBob like smacks the rock and he's like, the pilgrims used to ride these babies miles. <laughs> is that like is that what we're getting from Dwayne Casey? <laughs> Oh man, that for whatever reason that was wasn't the SpongeBob reference. I was saying I was thinking of the one where it's like you know Patrick is in a they're, they're in like a they're like in a race or something, and then he, it's like he has a little pet rock and he's like, "Don't worry, Rocky, you go when you're ready." And then somehow he wins the whole thing when when like SpongeBob and Squidward aren't paying attention. <laughs> okay, we're before okay we before we get totally off the rails. Um, let's go from former Raptors to current Raptors. We're trying out this thing. Um, I'm gonna. It, it's a uh, uh, name is pending, but we'll, we'll call it player of the week for now. We'll basically, we'll just go into one of the current players on the team and just kind of, I guess, break them down. So to speak uh, this week, we're going to go with uh, precious Achua. Um, had a great, great, great 
preseason and he's kind of uh yeah he's kind of done a you know uh kind of a switch up and now he's kind of a little little bit quiet um so i don't know what are your guys thoughts on precious things you like to see him improve um and maybe if you want to tie it back into like former raptors which former raptor would you see if for, for precious to be successful which former raptor do you think in what role would he best fit that was a that was a that was a little that was a little mouthy but <laughs> uh yasmin you want to start off um, yeah, so I was just talking about this um, for the Monday episode of Dishes and Dimes, but for Precious. Uh- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I think the Raptors knew what they were getting into when they acquired him. And um, I think that they want to invest in his development. They think that the upside is worth the investment of time and resources. And uh, I can see it because... Precious, even on his worst games, he still has these moments. He'll still have um, a driving dunk or he'll still have um, a smart pass on the short roll or he'll he'll just do something correct where you're just like, okay, if he can just connect most more of these moments um, through um, playing time, then he can turn into a really special player. And when you think about the fact that even on the heat, he had very limited, limited playing time, um, I, I don't believe he was in the G League with them. Um, you'd see that this is a guy who hasn't received enough time on the court. Um, and I think that the Raptors are willing to um, just invest in his uh, development, which I think is the correct decision. And hearing his interviews, he just seems very self-aware about uh, the stage in, uh, that he's in and um, the improvements he needs to make, that he can sometimes be doing too much. And he um, is looking to emulate uh, Ken Birch more, which I thought was really interesting of him to say, because that's a player who um, is he takes a lot of pride in doing um, the least, but also doing it very well and just kind of perfecting his craft in that sense. So uh, I'm really interested to see the direction uh, Precious development takes. And, um, you know, I think that he he has all the ingredients. He has the skill. He has the correct mindset, I think. Um, and I'm, I, I I, I see the Raptors are um, prioritizing his playing time. They're putting him on the court no matter how much he's struggling. So um, it's clear that they see it too. Yeah, further to what Yasmin's saying, I think, you know, this is his first substantial season in the NBA. Um, you know, Dragic even talked about it when they first got here, it was just like he was in a little bit of a box with the heat, even for the minutes that he was getting. So to me, like, there's no cause to panic. One, it's like such a small sample size. I would not call it a total inversion of the things that we saw so far. If anything, I'd call it the correct 
step of growth. You know, there's going to be these plateaus. He's going to have these bursts and then he's going to have to kind of regroup and reconcile what he's learned. You're going to learn more when you're playing poorly anyway, because those lessons are going to stick with you because they feel very bad. And you're aware that you're kind of in the spotlight for a different reason than you were before. And yeah, I thought it was really interesting what he said at practice yesterday. Further again to what Yasmin said, just about the him kind of coming under Kim's wing, basically, and the fact that those two are up for the same minutes, but he still wants to learn as much as he can from him. And I think it's like a broader question of we talk so much about this like positionless kind of direction that the league wants to move in. But for really young guys who are up for for those kind of positionless roles, for the most part, they're much younger um, because they fit into these schemes better. There's also this sense of what is lost when they don't learn one thing at a time. Like so much is getting thrown at them. They spread themselves incredibly thin. Um, so again, it makes a lot of sense to me that Precious is going to have like stretches where he looks a little bit strung out. So to learn from Kim and to just focus on one thing at a time is the best thing he can do. And I agree, like he should just play through it because that's the best thing too. You take this guy out, like that's going to cause a lot more damage than just kind of letting him figure it out as he goes. And when we think about Precious and, you know, not having much playing time as Yasmin and Katie both alluded to, the cool thing is that he has to apply himself in a bunch of different ways because the Miami Heat offense last year, a little less so with Kyle Lowry there now, but last year especially, it's very structured. They run a lot of set actions in the half court. And the Raptors, you know, adversely are kind of like vibes, you know, and Precious Achua, who is not a typical big man, but kind of a jack of all guard skills. That's, that's, you know, that's what drew everybody in. You're like, wow, he's got quite a handle for his size. You know, he's taking other bigs off the dribble. You're getting the grab and go stuff out on the break. And what happened in the regular season from the preseason is that that kind of went to Scotty Barnes and Scotty to his credit is flourishing there. But when, and Blake Murphy did a great breakdown of this as well as Scotty is leveraging his ability to dribble and his ability to pass into driving lanes for himself off the bounce. Precious Achua isn't that advanced yet as a passer, so he doesn't know how to leverage his handle in the open floor against defenses yet. So it's all about application, and that's to reach the, I would say, specialty aspect of his skill set because not many guys his size dribble the way he does. And then shot mechanics, all that stuff comes around. He's on the Nick Nurse four-year program, whatever it is. But if he wants to emulate somebody, uh, Katie said she wanted to talk about Amir Johnson. Why the hell not, right? Like Amir is a guy who screencraft, rolling, defending, a guy who succeeded in all the margins. And Precious Achua, a guy right now who the pacing on his role, the way he shows the guys who are ball handling and kind of opens up the pocket pass, not good. And when the defense takes off of him, he doesn't know how to interpret the space into winning plays and winning positions for his teammates. So all that stuff, I mean, Amir Johnson is a great, sorry, Amir Johnson is a great blueprint for a guy who's looking to make wins out of the small things, especially at the big man position. And I think that's a great thing for Precious to look to. I feel like Precious definitely has the promise to deliver on his uh, God-given gift of how um, of, uh, his God-given gift of playing basketball. And if through God's will, he'll, he'll develop it, you know, he'll, he'll do it with peace and grace. Um, that's sad. Uh, that's, that's my <laughs> God willing. Whole family. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay. Oh man. I had it in my head. I was like, Oh, how am I, how am I going to deliver this uh, smoothly? But I was like, <laughs> 
All right, guys, uh, we're going to end things off with an, another new new little fun thing. It's trivia battle time. This isn't like Squid Game. No one's going to die at the end. But basically what we're going to do is each of you is going to be given 30 seconds to name as many Raptors as possible from a random list of categories. This week, it's going to be all-time points, rebounds, and assist leader. Uh, but we're only going to go with the top 10. Guess who's able to name the most uh, wins the game. And I guess that makes me your front man. So uh, I have a randomizer here and we're, it's just going to be completely random. Of course, that was super redundant. Um, but here we go. Who's going to be first? Katie, you are the lucky number <laughs> numero uno. And I want to see how many of the top 10 Raptors all time leaders in assists that you can name. Oh so you good to go. Let me know when you're ready and I will start the timer. You have yeah, 30 I'm seconds. Ready. I hate right. trivia with every fiber <laughs> of my being, but let's try this out. Um, All right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. Uh, Lowry, DeRozan, Van Vliet, um, Chris Bosch, Jose Calderon, Vince Carter, Gravis Vasquez, I want to say. Probably Damon Sotomayor. Mo Pete. Uh, Doug Christie. Alvin Williams. DJ Ford. Uh <laughs> and your time is up. You actually okay, you actually did. I'm pretty sure you got. Let me count here. One, two, three. Know. That's pretty good. Four, five. Thanks, six. guys. Vasquez was I a think deep you cut. I think I'll have to off the run this back, but I think you got, I think you got nine, like nine out of the 10. Wow. So I'm pretty okay. sure. Wow. That was, yeah. No, set, you set the bar there. You set the bar. Uh, okay. Who's, who's up next? Uh, I mean, all spoiler right. alert for whoever's next, but I feel like a lot of these names are just going to repeat. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. I, <laughs> as I was like looking through it this morning, I was like, oh man. Uh, okay. Well, you know, for, for first one in the books, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll make it work. Uh, Samson, you're up next and you have all time leader in points. Okay. So, all right, let me know when you're good and I will start the timer. Good to go. All right. Three, two, one. Boom. Uh, Lowry, DeRozan, Bosch, Carter, uh, I guess Calderon maybe. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. Hmm, I guess uh, maybe Antonio Davis. Maybe. Uh, how long was Damon Stoudemire there? I don't think he would qualify. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and that's time. Oh, Mike James. Wait, he was there for a short time. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. It's a quick 30 seconds, guys. It goes yeah. fast. It's, it's quick. It's quick. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think, okay, one, two, three, four, five. I think you got maybe seven. I'm cool on here. with seven. Seven's fine yeah. with me. I dress like right. Beetlejuice. I'm not here for the actual the good <laughs> answers, you know? I'm here for the vibes. <laughs> All right, Yasmin, that means you have rebounds. Okay. All right. Why my brain go blank? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ready to go? Sure. All I'm right, big. three. Two, one, boom. Okay, so I'm going to say Chris Bosch, uh, Jonas Valanciunas, um, 
top 10, right? Yeah. I'm going to say Siakam's in the top 10 now. Um, I'm going to say Amir Johnson. Did I say him already? Um, let's see. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, like oh, DeMar DeRozan, I feel like he would be in the top 10 for rebounds. Uh, I feel like uh, Kyle would be in the top 10 for rebounds, actually. Um, is that 10? You have you have six. Okay. Uh, also, time just time just finished. So okay. <laughs> so fun thing. So fun thing. I just realized looking at this, Kyle Lowry is third all time in rebounds, which is like, what? <laughs> that makes like, sense. <laughs> it, it, it does, but it's just it's just it's just so weird to see because it's like okay, it's Bosch, JV, and then Lowry. I'm like, huh? That, that's okay. Like, sure. All right, that works. I think based off of that, uh, Katie, you are the inaugural winner of uh, our Raptors Squid Game trivia, whatever you want to call it. So, thanks. You're debt thanks. free. I'm glad. Yeah. What do I get? You get you get a free Mary Brown's poutine. Oh, wow. You can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, guys. You know what to do. Uh, we're wrapping up. Uh, feel free to plug yourselves away, and then we'll uh, we'll call it an episode. Yeah, um, dishes and dimes. Yeah, dishes and dimes. Uh, Amir Johnson, which I feel like he got a, a lot of great plugs and some mm. shine on today's show. Yeah. So Amir, we miss you. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball, uh, something that's worthy of. Attention. Oh, thanks, same with, same with Same with <laughs> basketball feelings. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at WTEVS. Please give that a lot of attention. <laughs> I'm the genius creator of shorts, the clothing. So thank you. <laughs> and that's a wrap <laughs> alright